0: Welcome to a Christmas edition of the Warriors All Eighty Two podcast. Nice five PM tip, so it's actually still Christmas when we're on the uh, on the West Coast. Um, Marcus, did you see this comment tonight? Did you? See, I, I was telling people pregame. I was guessing Warriors show up, they play spirited, they stay in the game, and Memphis just you know with Desmond Bain back with everybody probably pulls away. I think they were what eight point favorites uh, by tip off. Um, what did you What did you
1: think was going to happen tonight? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was going to be a blowout. Really? I, I figured, yeah, you know, I figured, you know, uh, not just the in the famous Bob Fitzgerald first game after a road trip, first game home after a road trip, it's like another road game. Not, but also like they've never shown an ability to contain Ja. We just watched. Uh, Memphis, like, kind of destroyed Phoenix in Phoenix, and Bain came back, and, you know, and he was looking really good shooting. Uh I actually thought Dylan Brooks would be a bit of a, more of a problem for Jordan Poole, because he, he doesn't have Steph to guard, there's no Wiggins, so he can just focus all his energy on essentially hacking Jordan Poole like he does with Steph, uh, and I figure if you know if 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 you could take away Jordan Poole in this situation, like that's pretty much it. That's like the one playmaker. So it just it just seemed to add up to you know a struggle. Uh, I just I just thought that, you know Memphis would be too much without Steph and Wiggins. I just felt like that was a lot of points they didn't have on the board. So I was I was definitely surprised by it. I was. You know, even when they started hot, I kept expecting the fade to come, but they they actually played. I mean, it was just like another Boston game. I thought Boston was going to blow them out too. So. Well, see, that's where, like that.
0: that's where I learned my lesson. Because guess what? You know, you mentioned Memphis, you know, crushing Phoenix and Phoenix. Boston had just whooped Phoenix. And I thought coming into that Boston ABC Saturday Night game, remember Steph Curry's playing in that game. I thought Boston was coming in like, motivated need to send a message you know this team eliminated you last year in six games same as you know Memphis i i was assuming was going to be extremely motivated tonight uh, but the warriors just kind of stood up tall in that game super motivated Draymond Green's focus clay was great in that Boston game like the veterans just brought a level of like just like championship you know umph backbone that i knew they'd bring tonight where I was with you on, I thought Memphis was going to win. Is like, you know, who's, who's going to guard Jaw? Well, okay, you know, Wiggins is not going to be out there. It's like DiVincenzo is going to try uh, to do it. So, uh, but but I, I, I did think they were going to play well. Now, the surprise of the night is Poole does get him going, but I mean, like they played a thinned out nine, ten man rotation, and everybody was good. Ty Jerome was good. Anthony Lamb hit three threes. Uh, James Wiseman played, like, the best eight defensive minutes of his entire career. Kaminga was a plus 21. Moody hit a huge three the possession after Jordan Poole gets ejected uh, when you kind of felt, "Uh uh-oh, this might be a concern. Like, I just named all their – I'm not their normal bench players. I'm talking about basically what had been their third team, essentially, to start the season, not their second team. So um, that part of it was a surprise. It was, like, strength in numbers – at, at a shocking time against by the way the deepest team in the league some would say right i mean memphis is that
1: no, that's what's – yeah good question they got they got got they got a lot of guys they played what 10 guys i think i think they had they had 10 guys uh and they they didn't even uh i think uh Xavier Tillman warrior killer xavier tillman is out of the rotation basically yeah he's been playing uh, zaire games I know, right? Zaire Williams, uh, he even got some action tonight. So, I mean, they they've got they've got some depth, but to me, I think the 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 tone setter, the thing that changed tonight was Jordan Poole cooking Dylan Brooks. I I, I just feel like Dylan Brooks tries to bully, and this was a night where it was like, okay. If Jordan Poole's having an off night, where do they turn? But I mean, Jordan is so like the competitive side of Jordan came out. Like he was talking to Dylan Brooks. I thought that, I thought that was kind of a, well, that that one thing, Jordan Poole essentially like letting the team know, like, we're, we're rolling today. Like, I got it going, so we're going. And even if it's Dylan Brooks, like, They're going to have to make an adjustment because I'm cooking this dude. To me, that was a big, big deal to set the tone. The other one was Clay taking away Desmond Bain. Like, the way he was fighting over screens, Desmond Bain could not get a good look early. They were treating Bain like a lot of teams treat Steph. And I thought that really threw a, a wrench into their plans, into, like, what they could do. Uh, like, like Bain, now
0: the Bain Warriors get
1: hot and they they couldn't even they couldn't even really match him, really they couldn't take off
0: like they normally do. Bane had a comment last year and I think it was uh, yeah I think it was just in some profile piece might have been like a Sports illustrator or something. It's
1: tattooed I on Clay's back now probably huh?
0: Basically, but <laughs> Bane was like, you know I don't I'm paraphrasing basically I'm the second best shooter in the world only Steph Curry is a better shooter than me,
1: and Clay took
0: it personal and I remember this scene of him after they beat the grizzlies one point last year grumbling off the court like oh really you know second best shooter in the world uh, I thought second best shooter in the world and it's just it's just funny because it kind of you know gets grouped into the theme of the night of of, of the warriors just kind of scoffing at the grizzlies in a lot of ways uh and, and how much they've publicly talked about how good they believe they are which you know there, there's a respect level, too, with it. I mean, you remember after game six, they beat the Grizzlies in six, and it was a tough game six even without Moran. And, like, there was yeah. kind of a lot of love post-series. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's also still a lot of, like, you can tell with the Warriors, like, eye-rolling, like, you're talking a little bit too much for, for, you know, people who haven't done it. But to your point, you know, what is Bane at one point was, like, one of nine, I think, shooting. I mean, he's just recently off an injury, and honestly, in the playoff series last year, a huge factor was Desmond Bain was really cold all series, and he was dealing with, like, back spasms, I believe, at the time. Um, But he has not been good against the Warriors. Like, I watch a lot of Desmond Bain games on TV where he's awesome, but I'm not sure I've been to a great Desmond Bain game, because I just don't think he's that... He has not been that good against the Warriors.
1: Yeah, nah, they... It's... There's a team. If anybody's prepared for Desmond Bain, it's got to be the Warriors. They can just do what teams do to Stephen Clay, but that's that's a significant like hole in the offense. The reason is, and I I, I still I will say this till I'm blue in the face: Dylan Brooks is their problem. (laughs) Like the 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 issue was, I mean, obviously Ja's gonna get his. The words are basically said. Like Ja's gonna get his. Like that, that, that can't kill you until like late in the game. Take away Bane, it puts Dylan Brooks into the role of having to be a scorer, and that is exactly what the Warriors want. And Dylan, like especially if Jordan Poole hits a shot, they start talking. He's gonna go for it, right? He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna feel himself, and he's gonna. He's probably going to shoot the shoot the uh, the Grizzlies. Well, if so he comes back. this
0: the, it started the night with maybe my bet my one of my favorite you know I guess trash talk back and forth of for the night was pool does hit a few early threes big ones you know when his threes going he's so tough to guard one of them a step back but one of them was right in Dylan Brooks's face and he's coming back down the court really kind of in Dylan Brooks ear about it and then. He's from the front side, and Steph Curry from the back side, and his long green like trench coat suit thing he was wearing. Did you see that where they pool and Curry at the same time from different sides were yelling at Brooks? But then Brooks hits the wing three right in front of Joe Lakey, and yells something over it. I mean, I don't know if it was directed at Joe Lakey, but the Joe and Nicole Lakey definitely took it that way and like got up and were telling the referee like he can't do that. Babe. Uh, but I think what you're trying to say is, like, Dylan Brooks hitting a couple early threes and, and getting in a little sparring match with Poole and of and Curry, like, that can be a good thing for the Warriors.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. It, it definitely helps the Warriors because they're fine with Dylan Brooks, try, Dylan Brooks trying to beat them. Uh, I think they'll just live with it. Some games he'll get rolling and he'll beat them offensively, but generally he won't. <laughs> and he, he'll just get into those little matches, right, where he's doing too much, and then he gets into foul trouble. So they th- that kind of set the tone for the night. And then, obviously, you know, got, Don, Dante DiVincenzo was just incredible, right? Like, he was just, he was exactly what they needed in the first half. He was, he played Ja, he made he kept Ja honest, even though it was like, you know, he dropped 22. He forced him to go inside. So I, I just, I, I feel like they've figured out the defensive scheme they need to go with. And I, it's probably tough to execute on a, you know, night in, night out you're, basis. You're talking about against any team? Against any team. it's they, they were just trying to take away the threes and force them inside and then force them to take contested shots inside. But if people get hot from two, it doesn't kill you in the way people get hot from three does. Like. You can live, especially if the Warriors are going to shoot threes. Marcus. And off the bat, they were just taking away the three.
0: I forget. Do you, what do you think about the corner three? Are you okay if
1: you know, he <laughs> gives up the corner three? Um, <laughs> this is why A, you me. But they did it in the first – they started to the get that way. Clay was fighting over every screen. Dante was fighting. The only person they were giving threes to was Ja. <laughs> they were like, go oh, ahead, yeah, dude. Have your feel, buddy but i feel like they were engaged they were locked in it put kamega in a good situation like having to like all right you're gonna just be on the ball you're gonna taste the ball you're gonna fight over screens moody like there's no ambiguity about it right and then it's like all right if you can finish over Kavan, if you can finish over draymond all right you earned, you earned a tough two like like go with that first quarter Grizzlies won in the paint fourteen to two, like that don't that don't kill you though. Like it just they were it just don't kill you. They were seven or fourteen. It just doesn't kill you. The threes kill them. It like literally breaks their back, and now it's a forty point game. So uh, you know, to me, that's what I thought immediately watching, like Clay just all over Desmond Bain. He couldn't get a shot up like that. I, I, that figured that out. And then if you go inside, they have this new revelation. That came alive today. Like you got to finish over that one too. Like you know, start throwing a seven foot two guy out there and just put your arms up. They were so happy about that boy.
0: Yeah. By the way, Desmond Bain is like a good matchup for Clay, right? Like a slower, oh, bigger yeah. guard. Yeah, just trying to get a shot off. He's not trying to blow by it. No really, question. You
1: know, no question. Uh
0: So, uh, let's. I mean, let's get, talk about the young guys. I mean, look, Wiseman. It's like he played eight minutes.
1: He he didn't Hey, wasn't shot. this like Kamiga? This is exactly like that Kamiga game, right? Remember, yeah, Kamiga didn't John do anything. Yeah, It was just like, oh, Kamiga was great. And he didn't even take a shot. He was great. This this is how they were after on Wiseman, and he didn't take a shot. By the way, they missed
0: an open Wiseman like seven times. Um, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I sat down with Kerr in New York and, like, really kind of went through what their whole – you know, the reason, in their opinion, that, like, they it's been very difficult to get James Wiseman on the floor anymore in the rotation has been, like, just the, the lack of ability to get stops with him on the floor because of how important the center position is and how novice he is at guarding NBA action pick and rolls, you know, but but beyond pick and rolls, just like, you know, back cuts or horn sets where he's guarding the big man at the elbow, and he's just – I mean, we've seen it. I mean, anybody who, 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 like, is truly watching the game has seen all of, like, the the defensive foibles that he's had. Um, But he came back from Santa Cruz. He had a good final couple games with the Santa Cruz Warriors, and then he came back, and he had the Utah game where he only played the first half like four or five minutes, but he did some nice stuff. And then in the Philly game, they lost it, but he, he played like some hard and Montrezl Harrell pick and rolls pretty good. And they said after the game, they're like, honestly, like every single defensive possession, he was where he needed to be, right place. Like kind of, you could tell he was more aware out there. And then you had the disaster against the Knicks. And then by the time he got into the Nets game, it was like a pick it, you know, a pickup game where they were down 30. He scores 30 points, but it was like, yeah, cool. He scored 30, but you didn't learn much defensively. Tonight, you, you, like, Memphis, Christmas, hometown team, you thought he might be a little jittery. He was super focused. The whole team was focused, but to see him execute the way he did defensively on, like, several possessions, there was even one possession where him and Kaminga, like, properly switched and then switched back on John ja Moran, like, forced a John ja Moran turnover. It was like, where did that come from? Again, eight minutes but that wasn't encouraging
1: eight minutes. Oh, they 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 were raving about it. Like, well, just to put put it in a little bit of perspective, uh, he played eight minutes, right? But did you see his plus minus? It was what plus he, eight? Is that right? Plus, plus yeah, he was plus eight. Plus eight in eight minutes. That was just the third time this season he's been a plus, which is wild when you think about it. The the fifth game of the season, he was plus two. Two games later, the seventh game of the season, he was plus nine, and he hasn't been plus. This is the first time he's been a positive, like, on the scoreboard when he's in the game. And that is a sign of him being in the right place defensively. Like, that was so critical. You could tell he's been working on position, where to go, where to be, where to stand. Get there, and he's not even really trying to block that much. He's kind of just trying to get his hands up. The one thing he is kind of still doing a little bit is like jumping out of position to try to block as the help defender, and it's like leaving the guy behind him open. He had a couple of those, but you could tell he's just trying to get into the right position, just, and it's not messing up their defense. Like, well, yeah, like, it, it, it's it's they're able to function without it in the locker room. I I don't know where everybody was, but before Wiseman left. He stopped at George Poole's locker. You know the you know Poole was ejected, so he didn't really talk. But he was talking to Wiseman, and you could just he, he was just telling Wiseman like I told you, like, bro, you are a mountain. Like they they if they got to shoot over you, it's just gonna be harder. All you got to do is be in position, and if they got to shoot over you, it's just harder. But just because you're there, he would just tell him like I told you, if you just be there, like you like you you make it hard for them just being there. And it was, like, all this positive reinforcement that he played, you know, really well just by being in the right position. And well, they
0: need to – it's part of what they're doing right now is trying to convince him, like, hey, you scored 30 against the Nets, but you played better tonight and you didn't take a shot. Like, this was a better performance. And, like, you know, I just – James Wiseman grew up as a scorer right, you know, his good games growing up were, like, I scored 30 tonight, number one. Number two, Jay, can you just imagine the type of shot blocks he had against, like, random middle schooler in Nashville, Tennessee, and, like, you know, oh, yeah. sophomore from, like, some lower level, like, you know. It's, like, you got to kind of break those habits a little bit where suddenly it's, like, no, you know, just, like, kind of getting good positioning, cat and mouse, like, protect against the lob, and, uh, you know, it's felt – like him being able to have that type of eight minutes even is like far away. Like, you know, because they're such at the beginning stages and, and they still are. But it's like to, to see it, not even just like, you know, against the Hornets in a couple of days, but to see it against Memphis, a really long, active, athletic Memphis team. Uh, that's I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, he's going to have to keep duplicating it. And I, OK, this is I was thinking about it tonight. Jermichael Green's in health and safety protocols. He's still not with the team. I don't know if he's still in New York or not. I know he was in the New York Hotel for a while. He's going to be back, I assume, relatively soon. After um, you see those eight minutes from James Wiseman, if Jermichael Green does show up soon, do you keep James Wiseman in the rotation? Because that's that, that he's, he played the Jermichael Green minutes This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: I think you got to give him some of them just because of like what he can do Defensively, and I think the matchup dictates it. Uh, size was just a problem. They were really trying to not get dominated on the boards. Weissman had five rebounds really in eight minutes, but it was really in like his first five minutes. Uh, so I, I do think it depends on what they want, if they need somebody to kind of stretch and be a little quicker. But I do feel like, especially as long as Steph is out, hey, man, throw, throw, try him out, give him five. Right, give him five and this make him earn the next five. Like kind of how they did Kaminga. And if and, he's playing and you, well, you then could, he can do it. You,
0: you could tell with him early, right? He's one of those players. Like you probably don't even need to give him five. Like you give him like three up and backs. Yeah, and three up over there. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, how is he moving defensively? Is he like lost out there? Like you could tell, right, like pretty much right away tonight. You're like, ooh, okay. You know, he's he's kind of got it. Fo- like. Got a level of focus and comfort out there. Um, you also see when it snowballs with him, right? I mean, when he makes one mistake, usually it, it compounds and compounds. So, yeah, he would have like a one stint, one quick stint, and
1: decide if you want to go back to him. Uh, I feel like he should get that. I mean, you got two more weeks without Steph, so you might as well use the, use this time. And if they if they're playing like big. Like legit bigs, or or if they're playing people who drive, and you just want to have a presence in the middle, teams that kind of pack, you know, attack the paint. Like it makes sense to try them, and hey, you know, they might even give them the ball here and there. <laughs> you know that 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 would probably help the situation if they.
0: Ty, J- jump Ty a Jerome, Ty Jerome may stop getting in his bag for for a second or two to uh, throw a lob, maybe, maybe. Pedrohm
1: was good tonight, by the way. Very, I talk, I, he was yeah. great. He was great tonight. He was he was he was not only he was clutch, but he was just under control. And I feel like against Memphis, like that matters. The thing that worked against Poole is, you know, I was trying to ask Steve about it, but he got a little bit too into the matchup and started getting uh, getting out of control. He was so in control early, and then his shot started betraying him because he was, like, he he was kind of playing into their hands, and they they do that, you know, they'll. They'll speed you up. They're physical. They foul a lot, you know. And he was, you know, trying to get calls, and you know, like he was, he just, he kind of played the Dylan Brooks game a little bit too much. But Ty Jerome just brought a lot of hoist to the situation. Dante did it too in the first in the first quarter, and, and Draymond like was really good at it. You can't, you can't, you gotta got, you kind of gotta like match their intensity, but like still be like the professional kind of calm ones against them because they'll get out of control. And if you get out of control too, like you start playing their game. That's why Ty Jerome was, he was perfect for what they needed. Cause he just takes his, he's basically like Tyus Jones is for them. Yeah, that's a good comparison.
0: Uh, he biggest sequence of the night. I think that the lead had gone down to, I don't know, five, six, something like that. And Ty Jerome comes in right after he enters in 65 seconds. Bit, like deep wing three, mid-ranger, I think it was like late clock, kind of like a bad possession that he just hits a mid-ranger, and then he hits another three. I mean, it was eight points a second, and it was like gave them breathing room again, and to be that honest... second three, no, he was talking. The, yeah, he was. Um, a lot of talking tonight, which we can get to, but um, the, the wider scope on it, like, Ty Jerome's been like a really good two-way contract, like they re they reconfigured their two ways before the season and I think we questioned it. It seemed on at the time, obviously no point Man, I wanted Pat
1: Spencer or this one. I'm not just gonna be on the record what yeah. I wanted.
0: Yeah. But, you know, Anthony Lamb's hitting three threes tonight. And again, like I'm like roster construction wise, you still got Patrick Baldwin, you know, doing nothing really on the back end of the roster. Ryan Rollins, you got an empty fifteenth, you have DeAndre Iguodala situation so I'm not sitting here saying like oh what you said to the back of the roster I'm certainly not saying that but I just like Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb have pretty steadily given at least capable minutes and they've really needed that because of how empty parts of their roster have been.
1: And it's their experience that matters right like that's that's what matters especially when you're playing with Draymond and with Steph and with Clay, like you just can't be out there not knowing where to be, not knowing just how to flow with it. Like, there was one play, you know, I think it was his 10th point, right, <laughs> of the quarter. Uh, Ty Jerome was coming down. It's like a 2-on-1. And I forgot who the other person was. It might have been Moody. And there's one defender. And he just, like, kind of slow playing it. Like, like what you, like what the defender going to do. And he ends up getting, like, a layup. But he wasn't rushing he was reading. He was he he played it perfectly and got like the easiest layup of the night because he was using the threat of the pass off, and it was just like that type of play is from somebody who just like just know what they're doing on the court, and that's to me is the difference. Like they just know. Now how
0: now to, now you're speaking to Steve Kerr's. Like, I know, right, right. Yeah, that is that's exactly what Steve Kerr's talking about. <laughs> he's an organizer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so how about the fireworks of oh, the night? You know, just like a lot of chirping. Like their disdain for Dylan Brooks is like so obvious, as we talked about a little bit earlier. But you know, punctuated with the Clay Tom, What did you think when you saw the Clay Thompson ton? I was like, I like jaw agape a little bit. I was like, wow, he's really, he's I, I was really very, going for it.
1: At first, I thought he was like yelling at him, saying something. I was like, wow, Clay is bad. Like that was wild, and then just to see the replay of him just basically kind of like making fun of him, I was like, "What? What, what is, was he? So was he like what trying, was trying to? Doing? Was he trying
0: to like? Because Dylan Brooks had crashed into somebody on the contest, and he was stumbling down. It was like a long stumble. It looked like Clay was like mimicking the stumble, kind of. It, it I don't was, know yeah, what he was
1: doing. He was just like standing over him, doing some kind of like seagull move with his. I don't know. It was, I mean, it, it was you know. Par for the courts, it was like a very clay like version of taunting. I thought he was yelling at him from our seats when he yeah, was I agree. saying something. But when I took the replay, he was saying I'm like, he's not even saying anything. He just like kinda clowning him. It was just it was wild. Talking in the locker room though, there's a few people who were like I bet Clay 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 uh made a whole lot of the NBA happy <laughs> was the common reference. There's a lot. I bet a lot of people like to see Clay do that to Dylan Brooks, you know, because he's you know got such a reputation as an irritant. But to me, I looked over at
0: Steph. I looked over at Steph in the aftermath of that. He was like looking up at the screen a little bit because they were replaying, and he was cracking up. I
1: mean, because you mentioned a lot of the NBA
0: enjoyed that. (laughs) Uh, Steph Curry,
1: one of one of Dylan Brooks. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It was. so my, I'm writing about it, though. Like, I do think, like, it, it, in a, in a very weird way, like, they should be thankful for Memphis. Like, Memphis is good for them. Because, at, at, like, even, and, you know, this stuff is, is being passed down to the young people. Like, you know, I was talking to Kaminga about it. Like, you could tell he ain't a fan of Memphis. And then I remembered, you know, didn't Ja tell him something about, like, you know, you ain't ready yet, or you need to play a little bit more or something. So he was kind of into it. He was great on Ja. And he was just great defensively, just kind of flying right. around. right. He
0: did – Ja did yeah. tweet something about, like, you know, basically
1: – Yeah, Kaminga said oh. something, right? And then Ja was saying, like, like you ain't been around enough. Like, you know, wait take your time or wait your turn or something. Like, that. he said something. Yeah. But, but – so I'm talking to Kaminga tonight, and I was – Figuring out like, cause he was like, hey, you know, he's not that much older than me. Like we're basically around the same age, so we're gonna be going at each other for a long time. And I'm like, that's a that's an unusual thing to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's because uh, uh, John ja tried to son him. Like he <laughs> he, he yeah. remembered that. He re, he remembered that. You know, he, he you could tell he didn't want to kind of get into the fray. Like he didn't want to have a quote about it, but I. I was like, oh, that's right. You were, you definitely into the job back that, did. But he was all in him. and his athleticism and length. Like, if if all can beat, the, if y'all can beat the first person too easily, like he's gonna beat, like he's gonna get to the hole. Like it's just what he does. But you just don't want him to get there too easily, right? Like, <laughs> kamika makes him work to get around, and that that might be something for later. I don't, I'm not gonna call this the GP two role, but. It's definitely something they can throw at John ja, That's how Steve used it.
0: You actually mentioned an important name there that I wanted to get to because I think that, you know, a lot of like, especially what we saw today is like, oh yeah, you know, quotes in the media and Ja comes out this week. I think was talking to Malika Andrews and was like, you know, I'm not worried about anybody in the West or what, you know, whatever the exact quote was. And a lot of it I'm is. Fine about, I'm yeah. fine in the West. I'm fine in the West. So a lot of it is like that. But I think where, like, there is a a little bit more bad blood, and particularly at Dylan Brooks, is the fact that, like, his foul on Gary Payton pissed the Warriors off more than I have seen them. Like, they were truly upset about how bad a foul that was and the result of that foul. And, like, at the time, the belief that, like, you
1: may have ruined – the season, yeah.
0: Cost him the season, number one, and cost Gary Payton. They, you know, the, the idea was, like, maybe Gary Payton's, like, elbows really jacked up in like his career trajectory that he was about to get his only payday and you ruined that maybe obviously he didn't ruin that but like that part of it I think like probably doesn't get discussed enough in like this idea of like the Warriors not liking them
1: I do think that's a big part of like the, the animosity uh, I also think and it's obviously not the same type of thing I think like the Grizzlies knocking them out of the play-in is a part of it too, but for I sure. I think that was for like, sure. yeah, like we don't like these dudes because they beat us on our home floor. I just think they need the Grizzlies. Like Clay, Clay needs that little extra something, right? Like, like especially the way the season is going, and and Boston provided it too. Like it was like a clear example, like those things matter they 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 have to dig a little deeper because like they've won four championships and you know they're clearly big on reputation and, and and validation and here's this like young team coming to say we coming for you right and so from that sense I just think it helps them to have that uh, uh, regular threat there and 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 because the way the the Grizzlies are because they do so much talking because they're so like braggadocious about it, right? And, and like, you know, Ja's philosophy is clearly it's better if you say what you're about to do than do it, than to wait for you to do it and then say something. Uh, like it helps keep them, like it puts them on guard it keeps them honest, like Draymond is, you know You can tell he's up for those games. Obviously, you know, Steph, you know, with the whole jaw thing, I I just feel like it keeps them young. It it gives them like a a, a way to like dig deeper and like they're young players, these young guys are cutting their teeth in this type of environment. Remember, like they played in the playoffs a little bit, but not a lot. These type of games matter. Like the way they were playing, the way them young dudes, like Moody and them were playing, like and I was asking about it in the locker room. Like they knew, like yo, Clay want to win this, <laughs> Draymond want to win this. We need to, uh, you, we got, we, you know what I'm saying? We got to do that, and like that's that's good for them in the long run, even though they don't like it. Uh, but I do think they do like them. I think they like Ja. I think they respect Ja. They think he's great. They're just like it's not your time yet, but man, you gonna have your time before the game. I was standing courtside, and Draymond finished his workout and he left the court. And Ja was sitting on the sidelines. And he was going over film with, with one of his assistants. And Draymond stopped and gave him a hug and was talking to Ja's dad who was sitting right there. And it was like a whole post game type of situation, but it was pre game. And you just don't really see that, right? You don't see the pops and circumstance before the game. But I do think there's a level of they know these dudes are coming, but they also want to be like Don So I just think I think it's good for them, like in a way that. I don't know. For Boston, it's just Grant Williams talking, right? And that's not really... (laughs) Yeah. That's not really... That don't get you up a level. It's just like, man, who's this guy? But when when Josh starts talking and Memphis is talking, I think they know they got to straighten up for that because if they don't, the dudes are not only... They might win, but you know they'll never shut up if they ever beat you in the series.
0: Good for the league, by the way, too. I mean, uh, you know, like, they needed a good Christmas game today. The slate wasn't that good. The Warriors game lost a lot of juice because no Steph, but, you know, the internet, I'm sure, enjoyed all the histrionics fireworks as Clay called it, and, like, that's just it's it's good. Like, the league needs this type of open animosity uh, that isn't, you know, they're not fighting on the court. Have they even had, like, a scuffle? Like, they haven't even, which is interesting about this, right? I mean, like I, I can't even remember like even one of those stop the game refs come in and break it up. I mean, there's yeah, just, yeah, it's,
1: it's but
0: um, it's just you know, like
1: compl- it's just like something happens and then people complain about the yeah. other team, right? It's just like oh they're complaining, oh they're complaining about this. It's just it's all like kind of indirect instead of like the usual get your face got to be separated, you know. Nobody yeah. no, ja isn't talking about anybody on the board catching hollows.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to talk about Draymond quick. I just, you know, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, um, but just smart game from him. Obviously energized. Uh I, you know, I led with his uh play, you know, it's the first 8 seconds of the third quarter coming out of half. Jaron Jackson only plays like what? Like nine first half minutes cuz he has 3 fouls. You guarantee, you know, Memphis is only now five and a half because they had the Tyus Jones 6-0 run right there. You're coming out of half, like, in a dangerous spot, I thought, for the Warriors. And I'm sure part of any, like, locker room conversation is, Jaron Jackson, you're vitally important. Do not get a fourth foul. First play of the, you know, eight seconds into the third quarter, Draymond comes up for a DHO with DiVincenzo. Jaron Jackson's guarding him with his arm out. He just does a fake DHL right into Jaron Jackson's arm. He had it where he shouldn't be. Flails away a little bit, but, you know, it's going to be called. Jaron Jackson immediately gets subbed out. And then he looks down at the Memphis bench and goes, four. And you know, I mean, he just, he was going for it. And he, like, it, I, Draymond didn't talk post game. I wanted to ask him about that play. Like, are you coming out of the locker room going, I'm going to get Jaron Jackson's foul right away? I'm not sure. Maybe the, the, Possession just materialized that way But you know he knows how important Jaron Jackson is You know he wants Jaron Jackson off the floor Because very difficult to finish over him um, And he just went and got him off the floor And it's just that It's not only that type of shit, stuff That shows uh, what type of game Draymond had tonight and The focus he had But also like why the Warriors Remain a step ahead of, Or at least did it in the last year's playoffs A step ahead of the Grizzlies They're not as you know athletically talented obviously young big fast but like just the the brain aspects of the game sometimes
1: yeah you that's that's the kryptonite and i think the warriors know they have that advantage and like and that that's the part where they kind of feel like hey man just be quiet like because there's another part of winning that has nothing to do with like athleticism and talent and I mean, like just like I said, like Memphis is good for the Warriors. Like the Warriors are good for Memphis if they ever just learn the lessons, right? Like they're they're getting schooled in a way that if they paid attention to it, if they if they grew from it, they they <laughs> there'll be a problem. I mean, the Warriors had to go through it too. They had to get cooked by San Antonio, right? They had to they they had to learn from the Clippers. And if you learn those lessons, you get better. But they it feels like they spent so much more time and they've already got it in their head that they're superior that they're not figuring out why they can't beat them, right? Or why they're having a hard time. They can beat them in a game. It's a little bit. In a season, why that's such a problem.
0: Well, Boston's kind of going through it a little bit too, but Boston, does, and we'll see. But Boston does seem to be taking the lessons more reasonably, you know, than Memphis. Like, you know, Jason's. Listening to Jason Tatum just talk about, you know, the mental side of it and, and you know, just the experience that he felt in the finals and why he felt like the Warriors, like, you know, were able to beat them. We'll see, but it is, it is interesting.
1: It is, right? Like, I, you definitely feel better about Boston's chances to get it. But, I mean, even like Josh talking, but, you know, you could tell. Like, he won't say it, at least not yet anyway. But he's learned some of those lessons. I mean, if you just look at his his numbers, if you watch him play, you can see it. But, like, like he started the year shooting the three ball, like, better than he ever had. Like, you know, he's obviously – he's come back to earth. But you could tell he was in the gym all summer, all summer shooting threes. Like, yo, like, I got to be ready to do this. And he's taking more threes, so he ends up, you know – Making more, but I think but he was really hot early to start. I, I just feel like the cerebral part of their game, I think they're just right now they're just too i guess basketball arrogant to uh to learn those lessons. But when they do, when they actually do, they're they're gonna be incredible. maybe they have and, and the playoffs would be different, but I, I just feel like as long as they're trying to prove the superiority that they claim they have. It's just going to be tough. And that that includes Taylor Jenkins too, by the way. It's not just the players. Like, I feel like some of this is Taylor Jenkins. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, they almost have to be this way. This is what makes the Memphis right. This is part of it. But there's just a whole other parts of the game. Like, I mean, in all reality, like, you you shouldn't be getting stunned by this version of Clay Thompson. But here they are like you can't you can't be talking about like, you know, we're finding a weapon, and then Ty Jerome picks you. But they can get out of sorts because they're so busy trying to prove what they are saying. And, you know, like that to Mark to me is the part they got to figure out. And they, they still might. If they ever do, they're, they're going to be such a huge problem.
0: Yeah. For, from a Warriors perspective in the immediate, like, you know, it's you, you got a big win. This should be a boost heading into this big home stand, but you can go give it right back against Charlotte. Yeah, but it know? won't
1: because it wasn't all an animosity. <laughs> they need yeah. Lamelo to start talking.
0: So. Yeah, right. But I mean, that's the big thing. Like we're gonna learn in the next, really, probably three games. Like, is this? Will, will we point back to this as like a kind of a turnaround type game, or does it? Is it just whatever? You you had a nice win like you did against Boston, and then you stunk for the next six games. So Charlotte. Uh, and back back-to-back against the Jazz and then the Blazers. Like, it's three winnable games. He's next three. Now, I, you know, Wiggins' status sounds a little up in the air. You know, she's kind of slow to return from this groin injury. Obviously, no Steph. So, every game is really, like, difficult. Like, if they're not locked in, they can lose any game easily. So, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, this is pivotal, pivotal point in the uh, calendar for them. And Marcus will probably talk. Later in the
1: week, I assume. Oh, yeah, we will. We're on it. This is a big eight-game stretch. Uh, and these games, again, I mean, I guess you would say it like bad teams. I mean, these are, they're not must-wins, but they're must-wins. <laughs> like, like if, if you're on this roster and you want to stay with the Warriors, you need to win this game. Yeah. You need to win these games. <laughs> I mean, the Hornets are nine and 24. Like, you should not be losing to them at home.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk to you later in the week.